Well, Standard Bank reporting a huge 43% drop in half-year profit, soaring bad loans, um, and it didn't pay a dividend. But some Chabalala, the chief executive, suggesting they do have sufficient capital that if things come right sufficiently in this six-month period between July and December, there may very well be a full-year dividend. He is the chief executive of Standard Bank and Sim on the line to us from Johannesburg. You describe this as the worst six months in living memory. Now, you, like me, we're young people. Um, your deputy chairman, Jacko Marie, your predecessor, um, when you talk to him about this, does he also say that this has been the worst six months in his memory of banking? Because he's been around a bit longer than you. Uh, he hasn't said so directly, but uh, when we reflect on the scenario planning for the group and when we talk about the fact that uh, our base case scenario uh, is that GDP will be down 8.5% this year, uh, that is the worst it will have been since 1918. And as it happens, you remember 1918 coincides with, uh, COVID, uh, with the, the Spanish flu. So it's the worst period uh, in South African uh, economic history. Uh, I think if I asked him the direct question, he would agree. I mean, when you can take your mind back to 2008, 2009, and I did go through the sort of, you create you guys at Standard Bank in those days when Jacko was chief executive, had a big open room and each person in charge of divisions had their own desk and it was this nerve center, if you like. At a time where banks around the world were collapsing and things and companies were failing, it was phenomenal. That hasn't happened this time round. It's a fundamentally different kind of crisis, isn't it? It is indeed, Bruce. I mean, the, the couple of different differences. Uh, first of all, the, this, the, the financial crisis in 2018 was attributable to malfeasance and uh, the knock-on effect from the financial sector. Uh, this one is attributable to a health uh, pandemic, which then gives rise to economic responses, which have been an effect of uh, terminating economic activity. Secondly, uh, the crisis in 2008 was a slow burn crisis, whereas this one is a shock. Uh, thirdly, uh, IIS 39 applied in 2008, which meant that your provisions or your bad debts took a long time to hit your income statement, whereas this time they are front-loaded. Uh, by virtue of the way the, uh, the regulations operate. So it's a very, very different uh, uh, scenario. And when you look at this, I mean, and Gulam Balim is a regular guest, your chief economist, and I mean, he spells out the state of the economy very clearly. While we may see this 8.5% contraction this year, I think it's broadly expected, unless we get a horrible recurrence of, the, of COVID-19 to a point where we have to go into hard lockdowns once again, that we should start seeing a recovery from here on onwards. I mean, what sort of scenarios are you working with there? Yeah, Bruce, our base case, again, also assumes uh, a recovery of 4.5% next year. In fact, I was speaking to Elnam Woolman, uh, our economist, one of Gulam's colleagues uh, earlier on today. Uh, so if the authorities did not effect structural reforms, for example, and we just carried on as we are right now, we would expect a bounce of around 4.5%. There is still uh, uh, a contraction in the, in the economy. What is really exciting, though, Bruce, is if a number of things happen. So first of all, if the ease of doing business was to be improved, uh, if the competitiveness of South Africa was to improve, if uh, the uh, RAND remained at similar levels to what they are now, you would have uh, 
better exports, lower imports, uh, South Africa becoming more competitive. Uh, if the infrastructure projects that have been spoken about were executed, um, and it looks like there's every reason to believe that they will, starting with the water projects, um, and then if the other structural reforms were to be effected, you could expect faster growth as a consequence. You, there are more ifs there than in a Rudyard Kipling poem. Um, and, and, and we hope we hope that some of the ifs come to come to fruition. We're in your dealings with government, and we know that certainly in the health sector, health sector CEOs have been very impressed with the collaborations with government. What has your experience been? Because I'm, I'm generally speaking, I'm getting really good feedback on the fact that government's finally coming to the realisation that it's got a huge problem on its hands and it needs private sector help, support and investment if it's going to survive this crisis as the ANC is a political party in government. Bruce, there's a few data points. There's just there's clear evidence from National Treasury, for example, that they are absolutely determined to bring the deficit and the debt-to-GDP ratio under control. Lots of evidence. Uh, the mini-budget had lots of signals uh, showing a grim determination to bring the cost base of the country under control and to improve uh, the revenue situation. Um, there is also clear evidence of action starting to happen in the space of uh, the projects that I was referring to. Out of the president's office, a clear identification of projects that need to be implemented in partnership uh, with, uh, with business. The next data point is the noises that we are reading about emanating from Medlac, uh, where you know people are saying that there's broad agreement amongst the social partners, uh, the labor movement, uh, government, and business, uh, on the things that need to be done uh, to effect uh, structural reforms in the country, and that there's that uh, small team that has been uh, tasked by Medlac to come up with a plan in the next three weeks. Uh, and we heard from what Cal Kavadi was saying, for example, that uh, they agree to the extent of roughly 90% of what needs to be done. In our own case, our line ministry is the National Treasury. Uh, I cannot tell you how fantastic it is to work with uh, that group of highly qualified professionals uh, who get the job done. Uh, your example of the health sector, um, in the middle of a crisis, they've acted with uh, precision in conjunction with uh, uh, with uh, uh, the private sector, and so they are good examples of where there's mm. been disciplined execution. But the world of banking is tough. I mean, we, we caught up with Corky Koyman earlier today. You'll know Corky. He is the uh, the head honcho at Denker Capital. We just said to him, in the context of the world, how is Standard Bank doing? This was his brief analysis. The result today uh, showed more or less the picture we see everywhere else in the world. Um, big increases in, in provisions for bad debts. Um, offshore, we see often four times to six times the size of last year's provisions, but their bad debts historically have been low. Standard Bank's was only 1.65 times last year. Um, and then we see significant pressure on net interest margin, and that simply is, reflects the lower interest rates, but with all of them, we see tremendous focus on costs and the return on capital still being positive. So Standard Bank is actually 9.5%, which means they're still growing their capital base. Uh, and I think that's a positive assessment um, in the context. He talks about cost cutting. And before this crisis, you'd announced, of course, the closure of about 100 branches of Standard Bank. 
Uh, did all of those closures happen? I mean, because if they did, they happened in the nick of time. The overwhelming majority of those closures did indeed happen, Bruce. Uh, and one of the main reasons for why our operating expenses are up only 2%, from 31 billion rand to 315 uh, is attributable to the actions that were taken then, mm. including, of course, uh, headcount freezes, uh, slowing down travel, uh, choosing very carefully which projects to execute, uh, restructuring the organization. The leadership of Standard Bank, I have to take my hats off to that team. They've done a remarkable job to keep those costs at 2%. But Bruce, as Koki says, uh, you have to look at the top line as well. Net interest income was flat. Whilst our loans grew very nicely, our, uh, our liabilities grew very, very nicely. But wherever you turned throughout the continent, interest rates were on the decline, uh, including here at home. So our pre-provision profits were up 4% in these circumstances. It's a, it's a remarkable outcome. Yeah, and then you make those provisions, which is saying, you know, we don't know what the next half of the year looks like, so let's be careful. Let's put some money yeah. aside in case more of our customers don't pay us back. And then if we come out of this crisis okay, you then get rid of those provisions, and next year your results begin to improve again. And he, he was saying in another part of the conversation we had with him today just how you know there's an opportunity for a global re-rating of the banking sector, and it seems, you know, health uh, conditions permitting, that that is likely. Yeah, so we spoke about IFRS 9 a little bit earlier on. IFRS 9 forces you to front-end your your provisions, and so you take them early. Uh, so it's no surprise that based on the scenarios and forward-looking uh, thinking, and then in addition, the management judgment we've added. So you saw in that 11.3 billion, of that 11.3 billion, 500 million is judgmental. We've said things are really looking tough, so we're going to add an additional 500 uh, million rand to, to, to our provisions. Uh, all of that uh, tells you that uh, we are positioning ourselves for a tough period, but hopefully that uh, when the economy improves, we'll be well positioned. Let me just add, Bruce, that our capital position is rock solid. Uh, our common equity tier one ratio uh, I mean, this is this is sorry. Banks. This is where you start talking banks. Sim. I mean, what you're saying is okay. you've got lots of money in reserve, so you're not going to go bankrupt. Yes. I think is what you say. <laughs> we've got we've got lots of cushion. We can lose multiples of the bad debts that we've suffered this year, mm. and we will still be a sound company. That, that's that's the point. You're 100 percent correct. Sim Chabalala, thank you, Chief Executive at Standard Bank.